0: To your feet right now! Oh! For the kingdom, suffering
1: violence, but the violent take it, take it by force. Let's go! Uh! Yeah. And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play Play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. It is Hump Day. We've got a fun show coming your way over the next 90 minutes and we hope that everybody will enjoy the uh the little 90 minute radio gumbo that we're cooking here until one o'clock um at 12 noon we'll have south lafourche boys basketball coach coach brody williams on the line coach brody and i will be talking about the tarpons matchup yesterday against jesuit a game you were able to hear right here on espn 100.3 um Tarpons fell flat against Jesuit, but I thought actually played pretty well. I thought that they played better against Jesuit than they did against Patterson on Friday and just came up on the wrong end of a losing result. Wax Coach Birdie about that and also about his matchup with um, Shaw coming up tomorrow out in the city. At 12.15, we've got Taylor Griffin who will be on the line. The Turtle and I will be talking about Tarpon basketball. We'll be talking about LSU football, the Saints, uh, everything in between. Turtle and I will be chatting about all of that stuff at 1215, <clears throat> um, and we can't wait to have him on. We want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here today. The Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name, Do Friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs, Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results, Rouse's markets feels like home and golden motors where price is priority, proudly supporting South LaFouche athletics and community youth sports organizations tonight. South LaFouche high school girls basketball will be hosting Thibodeau high school and you could join Brian Colley. I think, I think coach Colley's coming and Taylor Griffin who's for sure coming and myself, uh, we're going to be at that ball game and we'll be giving it to you. Uh, South Lafouche will be taking on Thibodeau and the girls basketball hardwood, um, Our broadcast sponsors are extensive. We did an excellent job selling high school basketball this season. We want to thank Advanced Eye Institute. Do building materials, Golden Motors, Lady of the Sea, SL Bank, Rev, State Bank, Thibodeau Regional Health System, Ashley Barrios, Joe Septic, Terrebonne General Health System, Southland Dodge, Danos, Rouse's, Barry Ogeron Insurance, Complete Wireline Services, and Damien Adams Contractors and Complete Occupational Health Services. Those are the members of our high school basketball coverage team. We thank them all so much for their support in bringing us Tarpen Athletics, but also Middle School Athletics and also Nichols as well. Let's dive into our local scoreboard last night. Remember I told you guys yesterday when I was breaking down the matchups, hey, they got a lot of games in the area tonight. All um, well, those games have now gone final. We start off. In or on the boys basketball scoreboard, East St. John gets a 62 to 58 win over Family Christian. So a good win for the Wildcats in early season play. Warren Easton beats Destrehan 68 to 46. So Destrehan falls. Hanville and McMain was canceled; game was not played. Game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB. Jesuit got a win over South Lafourche. They won by like 12. The score hadn't been posted on the LHSA website just yet, but they won by yeah, about 12ish they got to win by a dozen over the Tarpons. Um, Terrebonne defeats South Terrebonne 56-36. A game that was maybe the upset of the night, or not maybe not an upset, I guess, but maybe just like the surprise of the night. Assumption gets a 62-49 to win over Thibodeau. Thibodeau's riding high. They get a win over South LaFouge. They're playing well. And Assumption, a team that we just kind of forget about, right? Team that we really don't talk a whole lot about, right? All they do is line up and get a home win over the Thibodeau Tigers by 13. And now we've got to start looking at Assumption a little bit differently because um, in the LaFouche Paris Jamboree, they showed up. And they beat Central LaFouche, okay? And, you know, we were kind of thinking, oh, you know, it was a short game and, you know, anybody could beat somebody else in a quarter and a half or, you know, two quarters, whatever it may be. Uh, but then they, they've started off the season strong. Assumption has started to play some really good basketball to start off the year. So, Coach Hollins and his crew, they've got things turned around. Like, we're forgetting this is an Assumption team that was not good last year. Um, They really, really struggled, won just a handful of games. But now we're approaching, you know, the the first month of the season being done, and they've already got three wins. They beat Capital, they beat Thrive Academy, and yesterday they beat Thibodeau. They're three, no, excuse me, they're four and two. They also got a win over Northeast. So, Assumption is four and two on the season and is playing really well. So kudos to them. So happy for Coach Hollins and his staff. That was the score last night locally that jumped out and jumped off the page to me as Assumption gets that win and takes care of business and defeats the Thibodeau Tigers. <clears throat> also in the local scoreboard last night, we had uh, Lutcher fall 77-68 to 68 over Ponchatoula. Morgan City played White Castle, but that score has not been reported. Vanderbilt Catholic defeats Central Catholic, 61 to 43, you just get the feeling that Vanderbilt's really good, right? Like, you know the talent on the team. You see the way they've started the season. Haven't seen them with my own eyes yet, but you just get that feeling that they're going to be really strong. or going to make some big leaps forward. Vanderbilt was close a lot last year. Couldn't finish. They're starting to finish now. South Lafouche fans, a lot of folks may be disappointed as the Tarpons lost to Patterson on Friday. Don't be disappointed. Patterson's the real deal. Patterson gets a 45-40 to 40 win over Southside last night. I saw Southside at the Thibodeau tournament without their football players, thought they were excellent. Now with their football players, Patterson defeats them 45-40. to 40. Patterson's the real deal. Patterson's going to win 20-plus games. The Tarpons lost that game, but it's not a bad result because you're facing a team that apparently is very proficient and can do a lot of things well. Homer Christian school. How about this? 71-7, to seven. they beat Glencoe Charter. Glencoe Charter got a late touchdown in garbage time. No, I'm kidding. Coma Christian gets the decisive win over Glencoe Charter and takes care of business. Uh, St. John defeats Hanson Memorial 55-50. to 50. Again, all these scores that I'm giving you are boys' basketball scores because now we shift into the girls' basketball scoreboard from last night where we could tell you that. East St. John fell to Zachary, 65-56. Zachary gets a win over the Lady Wildcats. We could tell you that HL Bourgeois got a 59-25 win over South Terrebonne last night in girls basketball action, a good win for the Lady Braves. Terrebonne and Assumption played, but the score has not yet been posted on the LHSA site. Thibodeau defeated Donaldsonville, 54-23. Thibodeau's really good. That's South Lafourche's opponent today in a game you'll be able to hear on KLEB going to be a big challenge for Coach Jenkins and her team because Thibodeau is really playing super well to start the year. Vanderbilt gets a thrilling win over Southern Lab. Remember on yesterday's show, I'm going over the scoreboard, and I'm telling you, hey, Vanderbilt and Southern Lab is going to be a, a battle. But Southern Lab, you know, coached by Keanu Chaney and all the great athletes, Vanderbilt survives 40-39, get a big win over Southern Lab. That's going to be a big PowerPoint win for them. Berwick defeats Louisiana School for the Deaf, 37-24. to 24. Good win for Berwick. Ed White, girls, got a 53-51 win over Ascension Catholic. Good win for Coach Sanak and his crew. Um, St. James falls to Homer Christian, but Homer Christian gets challenged for the first time this year. Remember, Homa Christian had been undefeated, but had just been kind of rolling through some opponents. They get challenged last night, but they get a 45-42 win over St. James. a good road win for Homer Christian. Good character-building win for Homer Christian. I know Kathy Luke got to be awfully proud of her team for pulling that one out. Central Catholic of Morgan City was scheduled to play West St. John. That game has been postponed and was not played. So that's our local scoreboard Um, for last night. Let me tell you about some teams that are going to be in action today. We know about South Lafouche and Thibodeau as that game will be here on ESPN 100.3. On the boys basketball side tonight, we've got Terrebonne traveling to take on Barb. That'll be a big challenge for the Terrebonne Tigers. And that's our only local game. Now, let me tell you the girls basketball scoreboard for tonight, as there should be several teams that are in action. I know at least two local teams that are in action in, in the game that we'll carry on, on KLEB. Uh, on the girls basketball side tonight, we have Thibodeau and South Lafouche, as promised. We've also got, um, well, it looks about it. it looks kind of dry other than that. So we've got Thibodeau and South Lafouche tonight and then Terrebonne traveling to take on Barb. So the local scoreboard tonight is not as plentiful as it was on Tuesday. Also, before we catch this break, we want to shout out our Golden Meadow Middle School Lions boys and girls teams. They hosted Grand Isle yesterday, and uh, it was a good win. It was a good win for the Lion boys and girls. They defeat Grand Isle and get a big one, take care of business. The boys got a decisive win. The girls got a decisive win and they opened their, well, the girls opened their season in stride. The boys stayed undefeated, so kudos to Coach St. Pierre and his crew for making that happen. Let's catch a break. When we get back, uh, what do we feel like talking about? We talk about the transfer portal, uh, Jack Besh. We'll just have a little variety segment leading into Coach Brody Williams at noon. It's play-by-play on KLEB
2: sales event right now at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue and Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
3: at riley john's blue boot foundation our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14. adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water remember drowning is preventable join riley john's blue boot foundation
4: if you've never been to a rouse's market during the holidays we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's.
2: guaranteed the deputies of the Lafouche parish sheriff's office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season by driving impaired you endanger others as well as yourself designate a driver anytime you plan to drink have a safe and happy holiday season from the LaFouche parish sheriff's office
5: want more from your bank open a cajun pride checking account at state bank and trust company and enjoy the benefits unlimited check writing overdraft protection online banking mobile banking debit card ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC.
6: You know weather bug users when you see them. The umbrellas before the storm. The scarves before the blizzard. The flip flops before the heat wave. The prepared few. Well, not so few. Over 10 million people use the WeatherBug app for hyper-local weather reports and real-time updates that prepare you for whatever happens next. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug sees the unforeseen to protect you from the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app today for free.
7: Tis the season to play holiday scratch-offs from the lottery. Pick up Gnome for the holidays. Play all four scenes. Win up to $500. Ho, 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 ho. Get in the holiday spirit with Cheery and Bright. Top prize, $12,000. Love crosswords? Play crossword gold. Win up to $30,000. Decorate your tree with Deck the Halls. Win up to $100,000. It's beginning to look a lot like winning with the holiday scratch offs from the lottery. Play our lucky numbers with 71121. Win up to $2,100. Winnings with a twist. Play the new Fruit Twist scratch offs. Win up to $12,000. Twist and count your winnings today. Must be at least 21 to purchase.
1: Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. Hope everybody is enjoying their day. Casey Disclare here. Oh, man, horse. Fighting uh, throat issues. You guys know we've been we've been bat- battling allergies for now 35 years running. But if you guys hear me muting the mic, it's probably to cough and, you know, sneeze and do whatever it is that we've got to do to try to survive the 90 minutes. Um... In this segment here, we want to talk about the transfer portal. We had Mike Scarborough, Mike Scarborough on yesterday, and he gave us a wonderful 15-minute uh, interview or so, which you could catch in our archives. By the way, if there's ever an interview that you missed or anything, and you've got an iPhone, it's really simple. Hit podcast. I'm doing it right now. Hit podcast. Hit search. Type play-by-play, and then it'll come up. Play-by-play on 102.7 FM KLEB. Hit that. Hit subscribe. And then guess what? You're going to get every single episode sent straight to your phone. It's not going to use your data. It's not going to download it unless you listen to it. But every episode is there. So I would encourage LSU fans who missed yesterday's show to go back and listen to Mike Scarborough. He gave a great recap of what's happened this season in Baton Rouge. He gave a great rundown of the recruiting class, talked about the transfer portal. And one of the things that he said that was most interesting to me was that he didn't feel like Jaden Daniels was even really considering the NFL. He thinks it's 90% that Jaden will be back, and he thinks that it's very highly likely that Daniels will be LSU's quarterback next fall, which I thought was good news. Now, um, full disclosure, when I had Mike on the line yesterday and I was lining him up, because the way it works here, you know, during the commercial, you guys are hearing commercials. I'm over here working. I'm calling, you know, a calling guest and small talking with them, getting the phone situated, whatever it may be. During that little initial chit-chat conversation with Mike Scarborough, he told me yesterday, he said, hey, uh, I could come on the radio. It's quiet right now, but it's not going to stay quiet because Jack Best is about to enter the transfer portal. And then sure enough, about two, three hours later, the news formally broke that Jack Besh had entered the portal. So Jack Besh will be leaving the Baton Rouge area, heading to some other program around the country. Um, here are my thoughts, man. Like, you can't keep them all, right? Like, I think that LSU fans, I saw some, oh, my God, you know, you're losing a talented player and all oh, he's the best thing since sliced bread and The fact that LSU only has one guy, or now two guys, because a defensive back entered the portal last night, a guy who really doesn't even play at all. So that's not even someone worth mentioning. Uh, Demarius McGee, a sophomore from Florida, is in the portal. He doesn't even play. Um, But the fact that just one contributing player is in the portal of all of the guys on your roster, like that's um, really not bad. Jack Besh this past season had a letdown year. 16 catches, 200 yards, one touchdown. Fought fumbles, fought injury, never got going, never got his legs out from under him. Maybe didn't fit the Brian Kelly offense as well as some of us thought he did. I thought coming in when Coach Kelly came in, I was like, my God, you know, a guy who's so proficient at coaching tight ends. And then here's a guy who's like a hybrid receiver tight end. Like, what is this guy going to do in this offense? But it never quite clicked. It never quite worked out. And quite frankly, he got passed up on the depth chart and, you know, at the tight end position. Mason Taylor kind of overlapped him, passed him up, had a great year. At the wide receiver position, Malik Neighbors and Bouti and Jenkins and Thomas and Lacey and those guys all had more catches and outperformed Jack Besh. So looking at that, um, yeah, it stinks. You don't want to lose anybody. But I'm certainly not going to whine and cry and say that the sky is falling because I certainly think LSU will still be good in the wide receiver room. You're getting Boutique back. You're getting neighbors back. You're getting Brian Thomas back. You're getting Lacey back. You're adding a, a ton of wide receivers. You get Chris Hilton back. Like, LSU is going to be okay at wide receiver, whether or not Jack Besh is there or not. It, it's irrelevant to the fact that LSU is going to have plenty of wide receivers. The one piece of information that I thought was very interesting from Mike yesterday is that he said it's maybe not a foregone conclusion that Jaden Daniels is going to be the starter next year in Baton Rouge. Daniels was excellent this year. He had 16 touchdowns, three interceptions, completed 68.5% of his passes, rushed for 818 yards with 11 scores. That's 27 touchdowns and three interceptions for your starting quarterback. So the idea, and this is what my message to the LSU coaching staff would be, is boy, be, be careful now. As you know, you've got a dude who could do the job to a very high level. You start playing around and start finagling and throwing Nuss in there. Um, just keep in mind that while Nussmeyer looked great against Georgia, that was one half of football. The other guy gave you 12, 13 games of pretty good football. So just be careful there and don't kind of sip the Kool Aid too much. Nuss was throwing against some soft coverages. LSU was behind by a lot. It's so like I was a little surprised to hear Mike go there and you know kind of say that, you know, hey, uh, Daniels may be back, Nussmeier may be back, and the competition may be opened up again. I'm all for open competition, but I'm also all for giving a lot of leeway and a lot of preference to the guy who beat Alabama, the guy who beat Ole Miss, the guy who won you the SEC West. Like I know LSU could win some big games and do some big things with Jaden Daniels back there. Not quite as sure with Nussmeier, so if he wins that job by some chance he better be way better than everyone else because if not, boy, you're really rolling the dice and you'd be risking uh, a lot of things in the locker room and also putting the team at risk as well. MLB free agency, the dominoes are beginning to fall. We've seen a lot of moves made over the last 42 or so hours and I'll tell you about those things. And by the way, today's Wednesday show, we've also got our mailbag. I didn't even talk about that at the top of the show, but yes, we do have our mailbag and I'll answer some MLB related questions in our mailbag segment. Aaron Judge is going back to the New York Yankees, a $360 million deal over uh, seven, eight, nine years, something like that. So uh, a nine-year, $360 million deal. Judge is back with the Yankees. Um, He chose the Yankees over larger offers from the Padres and the Giants. Refreshing, I guess, to see an athlete who doesn't just choose the highest offer, chooses the place that he's most comfortable, the locker room he's most comfortable with. But with that having been said, how much you know of an attaboy can we really give somebody for choosing the $360 million deal over maybe the $370 million deal? Either way, you're rich for the rest of your life, so he stays with the Yankees. Uh, Kenley Jansen, the former Atlanta Braves closer, is heading off to the Boston Red Sox' two-year $32 million deal. I don't think that... Uh, and look, this has nothing to do with him leaving Atlanta because you guys could go back. I could show you messages. I'm in an Atlanta Braves message board and like message group, fan group on Facebook, and I've been saying this throughout the year. Next year, MLB is implementing a pitch count or a pitch clock, rather. I don't think Kenley Jansen's going to survive. He is the most fidgety, twitching and shuffling his body, moving his legs, and It's going to take him a lot to readjust his delivery to get the pitches off in the amount of time needed with the clock. That's a risky move from Boston. You're signing a guy knowing he's going to virtually have to redo his entire delivery just to be able to get the pitches off in time. Trey Turner signed with the Phillies on a multi-year gazillion dollar deal, 11 years, $300-plus million, the Phillies get better. They have also continued to spend and inked um, uh, Tawan Walker on a four-year $72 million deal and also got um, a reliever Matt Strom. So the Phillies are making a push after already making the World Series good for them. I wish the same could be said for my Atlanta Braves, who are continuing to actively be saying publicly that they're willing to spend without actually spending. Um It's so frustrating. Look, Alex, Alex Anthropoulos has done a good job as the Braves general manager. He has. And for me to sit here and say anything to the contrary would be just me being a hater. But it is so frustrating year after year hearing him publicly say, oh, yeah, man, like we're going to go into the tax. Yeah, no problem. Like we've got money to spend. We're going to, we're going to extend our payroll. And then they just don't, (laughs) um, like We would respect it more if you just didn't say anything, bro. Again, earlier in the offseason, we had to hear, oh, yeah, for the right deal, for the right player, for the right opportunity, yeah, we'll go into the tax. Jacob DeGrom publicly and openly said, hey, I want to be a Brave. Didn't spend on him. Dansby Swanson is going to probably be lost in the wash. They're reportedly very far behind in contract negotiations with him. So who the hell is the right player? We hear, oh, bro, we, we, the right player, we're going to spin. Who's the right player? Are you waiting to spend on, on Roger Maris, Babe Ruth? Who's the right player? That's becoming very frustrating to me as I'm watching these players sign and none of them are signing with the Atlanta Braves. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brody Williams. South Lafouche High School boys basketball coach. We'll chat with him out of this
9: break. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back with the coach. Do you want a free, easy-go golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers. Arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and Cutoff, Chevy, find new roads.
11: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Doofriend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Do Friend difference.
12: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Benz RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Benz RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at BenzRV.com.
2: Guaranteed. It's the Big Finner sales event right now at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
4: If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's.
1: Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on K L E B. We made the effort to try to get Coach Brody Williams. Have not been successful in that endeavor just yet. If we do get him sometime during the segment, we will be happy to have him on. Um, I know this, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, some of the coaches are, you know, PE teachers or whatever, and they're just kind of outside overseeing a class, playing dodgeball, or whatever it may be. Brody's like a history teacher, so sometimes it's a little bit more difficult for him to wiggle free up. But we'll try to have him on. We'll try to catch up with him in this segment of the show. As we said earlier, South Lafouche fell last night to Jesuit. It was a close game. I thought the Tarpons made strides. I thought the Tarpons played better. Um Frankly in the first half. I thought that they played as well as they had played all year. Um it was tied at halftime. Then Jesuit just kinda it's kind of broke down South Lafouche a little bit. You know, the Tarpons are only playing six players. Jesuit was extending their rotation. They were far deeper. Tarpons looked a little tired. And another thing that Jesuit did um, is they started denying B.J. Daniels the basketball. You know, just kind of face guarding him, not letting him get the ball, not letting him get any touches. And um, that's going to be something Bush is going to have to figure out how to deal with because, you know, B.J. is a great player. There's no question about that, but other teams are going to start to see the film and are going to start to understand that he's a great player and they're going to start trying to figure out ways to try to make him uncomfortable and take him away. Now, with that having been said, it's not as easy um, as just saying, oh, we'll, we'll take him away. No, nah, it ain't that easy, bro. Like, you've got to have some horses and some dudes very capable of running with him throughout the course of a game. Um, but Jesuit had that last night. New Orleans Saints news. Mark Ingram is out for the season. He tore his MCL. He's out four to six weeks. He's out for the rest of the season. And... You know, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. Um, there's just such a denial there from Dennis Allen. I'm listening to Dennis Allen speak. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah, I don't think it was after the game, so I believe it was yesterday. Um, just in denial about what's going on. You know, he's over here saying, ah, oh, you know, bad luck, blah, blah, blah. And it's not bad luck. You're four nine. you suck. The team's not any good. It's not bad luck. It's not bad luck. Dennis... You have been a head coach now for three pretty much full seasons, right? Because you had two and a half seasons in Oakland, and then now you've got more than a half season here, so three plus seasons. You're 12 and 37. That's not bad luck anymore. It's not, oh, boohoo. woe is me, I can't catch a break. You've been a coach for 49 games. You've won 12 of them. 12 of them. That's not bad luck. And then hearing yesterday, ah, you know, we're not going to make drastic changes in the offseason. You know, our coaching staff is good. Okay, not going to make drastic changes in the offseason. All right, bet. Here's the drastic change that's going to happen in the offseason, Dennis. You're not going to fire your coordinators. No, you're not. You know why? Because you're not going to be with the organization in January. It would be a miscarriage of justice if the New Orleans Saints brought Dennis Allen back. And I'm not a fire the first year coach guy. I'm not. Almost any other circumstances, I would be willing to say, all right, let's run it back. Let's give him another year. It takes time. But Dennis Allen was hired under the idea that he's going to keep the Sean Payton vibe and chemistry and keep the Sean Payton locker room and we're going to just kind of build on what we have already in place. If you're hired under those ideals and then immediately the locker room doesn't look the same and the play on the field doesn't look the same, then you're not capable of doing it. You're just not capable of doing it. So that's where we are right now and I just don't see that changing anytime soon but let's catch a quick break a 30 second break because Brody just shot me a text saying that he's ready to roll so I'm going to connect with him and then we'll make that happen so a quick break on KLEB we'll get Brody on the line it's play-by-play we'll be right back after this
5: you're listening to KLEB 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow the French connection the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM the French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
2: It's the big finner sales event right now at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
12: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Bence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Bens RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bence RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at BenceRV.com.
1: Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. Casey Disclare here. We go to the phone lines. We have South LaFouche boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams. Coach, sorry about that. We were not able to get a hold of you at the top of the segment, but we make it happen now. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing good, Casey. How
1: are you doing? Good. It was a tough night for your team last night on the scoreboard. Took on Jesuit and fell short by about a dozen, but I was mentioning earlier in the, in the show that I thought tarpins actually played pretty well and and more specifically in the first half i thought that was as well as you guys have played all year facing a quality opponent you executed you drew some fouls you didn't have as many turnovers i thought you guys made some strides to fight despite coming on the the losing end of it talk about some of the things that you were seeing as you were watching the game back last night
0: yeah you know um I was proud of the guys, and I thought they played hard. and And the first first quarter was a little shaky. They had like a, I think a nine point lead on us, and you know the game plan going in was to have them in the the teams at halftime, like a really slow paced game and slow them down a little bit. And they had sixteen in the first quarter. And I told the guys, "Look, uh, I mean, if you keep running and you keep taking not quality shots and then taking outside shots, this, this lead's going to grow. We need to start." You know, attacking them on the inside and, and being a little more aggressive, penetrating the lane, and I thought they responded in the second quarter, and we we, could, we actually took the lead, um and then they hit a three, kind of had the buzzer late on us, and they 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 came ready to play, and they they seemed very uh very eager to to want to go and 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 play hard, and I was proud of the effort, uh, especially in the first half.
1: Man, I got to tell you. Um... If, if, all year long, the conversation has been, you know, hey, where do the Tarpons find scoring outside of Daniels? Nicholas Coleman has slid into that role pretty well. He had a big one against Patterson. He played super well again last night, went into double figures and doing some things on the outside, doing some things in the paint. He he played pretty well last night, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know. I told him that you know in the locker room, I said, man, you had a, you had a good game. You know, just you know, a couple things we need to clean up, but offensively, I mean, if we can have somebody else that can uh or a couple more people that can you know score maybe you know 10 12 15 points we're gonna be you know hard to beat because um, BJ is gonna get you know his 20 or 25 or whatever it may be uh and we need other people to step up and I, I think it all starts with confidence and 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 believing that you know not everything has to go through BJ you know teams are gonna understand that they got to stop you know BJ and um other people could step up and score and and, you know, I thought Nick did a good job of that last night. I think Jacob Pure had a couple big shots uh, on outside. So I think it's coming together. I think we're starting to kind of gel a little bit, you know, even though our record doesn't show it. And, you know, we, we lost some games. It's a quality opponent that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see moving forward uh, and going to play a good shot team tomorrow.
1: You guys have played a really tough schedule, man. Like Patterson beat Southside last night with the football guys. So obviously they're very good. You guys played Southside, played Ellen. Their bourgeois is going to turn around like. There's not been any easy ones, bro, and you guys are very, very battle tested and very challenged. Another tough one tomorrow against Shaw. What are some of the things they're going to do well?
0: They have they're really good guard play. You know they they shoot the ball exceptionally well from outside. Uh, they're very similar in Jezza in the way they run like their motion offense and they spread the floor and they they do a lot of screening and cutting and um, but they can they can hurt you really from the outside. Even their post guys can shoot it. Um, you know they. They're defensively, they're a pressure, aggressive man. They're going to deny the passing lanes. They're going to put some ball pressure. So we got to be able to not turn the ball over, you know, as much. Keep getting better in that aspect on offense. And, you know, I was talking to Coach Collier, we need to just run offense a little better. When you're going against an opponent that, you know, might have a little more talent than you across the board, you need to slow the game down and you need to run, run the offense, uh, you know, religiously almost to the point where it lulls the defense to sleep. Because uh, if you start, we start playing up and down with them and, and almost, you know, organized street ball, I mean, they, they're going to be better at, at at that than us. So uh, the game plan is going to be to play, you know, hard defense, limit, limit their shots in the paint, um, close out on shooters, make sure we know where their shooters are. And on offense, just to be patient, get good quality shots at the rim, uh, try to get to the foul line.
1: Are you guys getting, like, tired in the second half? And the reason why I ask that is like, you're only playing six kids. And, you know, against Patterson, it was kind of the same story where play played super hard in the first half, then I know you weren't happy with your activity on the glass nor the way that you defended in the second half there. And last night, kind of the same thing. Tied at halftime, then they really kind of stretched you out there in the second half. Is that fatigue or is that just a lack of focus, not playing the full four quarters? What, what's going on there in the second half of games?
0: I think I think it's fatigue. Uh, I think I think teams make adjustments, you know, and I think they I think they come into the game they don't they realize you know that we're we're as maybe as good or, or uh, that we have the capability of being you know being able to score with them. And I think they kind of wake up in the second. I told I told Coach Collin in the hall today. I said, Do "You want to hear a stat? We have not gone into a single halftime losing this year. Wow! But yeah, we're two. But yeah, we're two and four. Every halftime we've been winning, and then last night was tied, um, but we we two and four. So that that goes to tell me, you know, we got to get better in the second half. And I think it's I think it's fatigue, of course, um, but I think it. Whenever a team the, the third quarter, the third quarter always determines uh, the game, in my opinion. We always have these. They, we let teams go in runs in the third quarter, and then we play in catch up uh, from that point. And when we start playing up and down with teams, we're not that not as effective. You know, and um, I think we got to get better coming out strong in the third quarter, not letting teams go in 5-0, 7-0, 9-0 runs. Uh, and if we can stop that first four-minute wave, I think we'll be in a lot of ball games. But uh, I think fatigue is definitely one of the big factors, for sure.
1: How do you guys build that confidence in some of the other players so they understand and know that, hey, when B.J.'s getting double-teamed, instead of trying to, you know, throw it into the sharks den like, hey, let's just go and make a play ourselves. There were several times last night and you talked about this earlier in the interview where BJ's being guarded in the front and you know there's help waiting on the back if you throw the lob like he's taken away. Those other guys got to step up and have the confidence and say, "Hey man, it's time for me to go and make a play."
0: Yeah, and you know, I will take responsibility for that cuz uh, you know, maybe sometimes in the huddle I might be I, I draw up a play for BJ or you know, I I might draw up something or I might be I might be saying something, with B J seals. It, it always refers back to B J. You know, I mean, as a coach I need to do a better job of getting other players involved uh in the game. You know, I tried to do that a little bit of last night with Nick, uh and 'cause he's a guy when you know when he when he knows he's getting a shot or he's, his name's getting called, his confidence goes up, you know, and uh when his confidence is up he he could play. I mean he could score, he can he could play some pretty good defense, uh and and maybe getting them other guys involved, you know, I I need to do a better job of that. Um and I think they once they realized that they can play. You know, we went into halftime of Jesuit because, I, I mean, everybody knew that we were we were on the dog. And I said, "Look, you you playing with them, you 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 can play with teams. You just gotta you just gotta believe and and do what we do and 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 follow follow what we, we preach and play fundamental and play as a team, um, and hopefully that game, even though we lost, kind of opened our eyes a little bit. And hopefully, from here moving forward, we can just build upon it.
1: Yep, no doubt, brother. Hey, thanks so much for the time, man. Sorry about the miscommunication early. Good luck tomorrow, bro. No problem, Casey. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. That is Coach Birdie Williams at South who's doing a wonderful job. We're glad we were able to have him on. He's going to kind of slide into that BJ Young Wednesday time slot. We're going to try to have him at noon, but we're uh, a little bit behind schedule. We've got to get to Taylor Griffin. So let's catch a quick break. When we get back, we're going to the turtle and he and I will be chatting about who knows what? You know how those segments go? Who knows what? But we'll have a lot of fun over the next twenty or so minutes here on play by play. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin
11: here, back again to talk about Do Friend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Do Friend Easy Buy? Come see us at DofriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
2: you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself
1: for your home or business.
6: You know Weatherbug users when you see them. The umbrellas before the storm. The scarves before the blizzard. The flip-flops before the heat wave. The prepared few. Well, not so few. Over 10 million people use the Weatherbug app for hyper-local weather reports and real-time updates that prepare you for whatever happens next. With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug sees the unforeseen to protect you from the unpredictable. Download the Weatherbug app today for free.
7: Tis the season to play holiday scratch house from the lottery. Pick up Gnome for the holidays. Play all four scenes. Win up to $500. <laughs> Get in the holiday spirit with Cheery and Bright. Top prize $12,000. Love crosswords? Play crossword gold. Win up to $30,000. Oh, oh. Decorate your tree with Deck the Halls. Win up to $100,000. Oh, it's oh, beginning oh. to look a lot like winning with the holiday scratch-offs from the lottery. Play our lucky numbers with seven eleven twenty one. Win up to $2,100. Winnings with a twist. Play the new Fruit Twist scratch-offs. Win up to $12,000. Twist and count your winnings today. Must be at least 21 to purchase.
5: Always on the run and short on cash. With a State Bank and Trust Company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any State Bank & Trust location for all the details. State Bank & Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC.
1: It's Wednesday. It's roughly 12-15. Close enough. That means it's time to go to Taylor Griffin our broadcast partner in high school basketball coverage here on KLEB. Turtle, good afternoon, buddy. How's it going? Hey, doing well. How y'all doing in the studio today? Doing good, bro. We just had Brody Williams on in the last segment of the show, and he was saying that he thought his team made some strides and grew up a little bit last night. I thought they played pretty well against Jesuit. And look, man, the two radio games that we've done, I think Jesuit's great. They're now 7-3. and three. They've got some big wins and then you see the Patterson result last night where they beat Southside with their football players. I saw Southside without their football players, and they were great. Um, Tarpons are playing tough competition, trying to survive. But I, I agree with Brody. I think that they played better last night than they did Friday against Patterson and are just trying to survive a tough non-district schedule.
2: Yep,
13: absolutely. I agree with you. They definitely showed major strides. They definitely uh, you know, took some big steps forward in the learning process. They, they improved. They, uh, while they didn't get the win last night, you know, they played a very high-quality opponent. Man, it's no secret. Jesuit is going to be a force to be reckoned with, everyone who faces them this year. Um, so, you know, the Tarpons, they didn't come away with a W, but they definitely came away with some valuable experience. Um, they learned how to adjust on the fly against a tough defense who knows exactly what you're going to do because they practice against them every day in practice they are a very disciplined team they are exactly what you want a well-rounded basketball team to be able to do so they were extremely tough last night and the tarpons learned on the fly how to deal with it for certain parts of the game they just uh you know need to keep learning and find a way to put it together over four quarters so they could win against a quality opponent like that
1: birdie said one of the big challenges that he's facing right now and that the team is facing right now is that when teams are doing special things to try to slow Brandon Daniels down, which last night we saw Jesuit, they were fronting him, but also having help on the backside if they throw through the lob, like they were doing a good job denying him, if not outright face guarding him at times. When that happens, Brody said, the team needs to understand, like, hey, it's my turn to go and make a play instead of just force-feeding it into the shark's nest and getting the pass intercepted or whatever. If you're coaching guys – on a team that, you know, look, a lot of the scoring comes from one player. A lot of the, the, the offense and attention from the defense is focused on one player. How do you get those other guys to build that confidence of, hey, it's my time to shine. Let, let, let me go and have 15, 20 points tonight.
13: Well, the um, you just, as a player who's not Brandon Daniels, you have to be very careful. You have to be cautious, not scared, but... You can't immediately jump to the mentality, my time to shine, so to speak, and let me go make a play so they remember me and they come guard me instead and give me attention. You need to just continue to run the offense fluidly, and if they're going to keep denying them, hey, there's there's three other people on the floor to pass it to. Just keep running the offense. It's not college. There's no shot clock. There's no need to be in a hurry. Just Keep passing, keep running, smooth, solid offense. And if you hold the ball for two minutes while working the offense and trying to get a layup, that's two minutes that the other team doesn't have the ball in their hands and they can't score. So if it takes you two minutes to run and get something open for someone else to get a layup, you just wore them down. You just wore down two people who are doubling your star player super hard to make sure he doesn't score. And you're boosting your team's confidence overall by, hey, we just ran the offense and did exactly what we wanted for that long period of time. They couldn't mess with us, and we got a bucket. That's how you got to approach it. And again, don't be scared to go make a play, but still cautiously don't feel like you have to make a spectacular play in the first 10 seconds of what appears to be a dead possession when you start players double.
1: We've got a girls' game tonight on radio. It'll be our first look at the Lady Tarpons. They're facing a six and three Thibodeau team. The Lady Tarpons are three and let's see, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. They're three and eight on the season. It's a new look South Lafouche team. Uh, a lot of new faces. It's you know kind of a rebuilding year, as evident by the three and eight record. What are some things you're expecting or hoping to see from the Lady Tarpons tonight against Thibodeau? Um, fearless.
13: I hope, uh, you know, you and I have been talking about I was trying to sell you on this show last night. I'm going to use a Ted Lasso quote. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. It's the happiest animal in the world because they got the shortest memory. Just move on and be happy again and start thinking about the next game. The Lady tarts got to be a goldfish on this one.
1: Yeah, very interesting. So that one will be – it wanna be heard tonight at 6.30 on KLEB. Let's talk some LSU, man, because, look, the college football landscape right now is so heavily predicated on, okay, everybody's a free agent at the end of the year. Everybody's going to enter the portal. And, you know, we're going to – it's almost like AAU basketball where every season you kind of put guys together and, you know, kind of throw a team together. LSU is doing a good job avoiding the portal right now. They've only got two players who have entered a defensive back who really doesn't even play. And then Jack Besh, who was mostly a non-factor this season. You get Kayshawn Boutique coming back. He was widely expected to go uh, to the NFL draft. He's saying in his announcement, hey, like, I want to win the national championship. You've not heard any talks of anybody opting out for the bowl game. Then you throw that on top of watching the way they played the second half of the SEC championship game where – They could have easily rolled over and just got hammered, but they kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. Brian Kelly tells the team after the game, hey, our goal here was to just play the full 60 minutes, and we did. And then he kind of paused and said, the next time we're here, having this 60 minutes of experience is going to be good for us. Like, even though the results on the field haven't been good the last 14 days, that foundation is really strong in Baton Rouge, man.
13: Yes, yes, indeed. I agree, man. Uh, We could talk about LSU football all day, about how they've done so much more than what everyone expected, you know, just cut to the next topic. Like, look, what was the score? What, 50 to 30, if I'm not mistaken, the final score? Yeah, you gave up 50 to the best team in the country. You you scored 30 on the best team in the country. There's so many positives to pull away from this game. And then just looking into the future, man, you could tell – the whole team really bought in. I don't know what that DB's thinking, if he's got good personal reasons. I don't know what Jack Besh is thinking. You know, uh, I don't think that's a major loss for the Tigers. But, man, Keyshawn Booty wanting to come back. Man, we gave this guy so much grief all year. We didn't even know the story. We, we judged the book by its cover. And, my God, it was an ugly cover for about seven weeks. And we wanted him off the team and just out of out of football and all this, good riddance, please leave. And then we find out he had a kid that, that was born, and now he wants to come back and stay committed. And I think whatever was bothering him is finally in the past, and he is finally ready to lead this team. The rest of the guys are rallying around. And, uh, man, bright future. I'm, I'm already excited about Tiger football next season
1: were you uh, pleased with the four playoff selections you get Ohio State and Michigan both in you get Georgia you get TCU the playoff matchups will be Georgia taking on Ohio State TCU taking on Michigan um I guess you know my thoughts were and I guess I'm an SEC Homer but if you're gonna reward somebody for getting in without making their conference championship game I have a hard time not rewarding the team from the best conference in the world but I understand Alabama did have two losses. What were your thoughts as you see that the final four be named?
13: So my first obvious thought as a, as a very biased Tiger fan is, I look at those four and all I do is think back on the what ifs all day and the coulda, woulda, shouldas, and how close the Tigers were. We talking by a few plays, you know? They still would have had a good chance getting in. Think about if they win that stupid Florida State game. Yep. Think about if they don't blow it against Texas A&M, and the stars aligned for them. The the table was set you had all these number three number four number five teams in the country all losing in the last two weeks of the season dude the tigers would be sitting pretty right now in the playoff picture even without a conference championship but those coulda woulda shouldas are out the window and moving on yes i 100 percent agree with you rewarding a two-loss sec team versus a one-loss whatever the hell ohio state's doing these days yeah um uh, who was it? Was it a TCU was the other one? Man, I, I, am with you. Uh, those those schools barely have any football credibility with just with their strength of schedule. I realize they're a they're a hotbed for recruits. I realize they bring TV money. I don't understand why, but I get it. I respect it. That just if their strength of schedule would be more respectable, then I'd give them more respect as far as making this. Top four, you know, over Bama and Tennessee and whatnot. But uh anyway, it's my
1: little two cents that don't matter. <laughs> you told us last night during the basketball pregame we kinda got off on a tangent and we're talking about the Saints. You said, Bro, like I opened up FanDuel or Caesars, whatever app you use, and you said I just laid money on the Bucks and just called it a day. The Saints gagged one away. They're now their season is now done. Had they won, they would have miraculously still had a chance, but they're now done. Dennis Allen, for whatever reason yesterday in his news conference is saying, oh, yeah, we're not going to make drastic changes. My co- my coaching staff is going to stay intact. Like, bro, you're probably not even going to be here next year, so are you even talking <laughs> about that? Bro, it's a mess, dude. It is a dark mess where you just don't see, and I know we've talked about this for the last several weeks, you just don't see a way out. Like, who's going to be the quarterback? You need one. You don't have one. There's not a whole lot of resources to get one. You've got to cut a lot of your roster, because you're over the salary cap. It's not going to be a pretty couple of years for New Orleans.
13: Yeah, awfully bold of Dennis Allen to use the term we so loosely like that, seeing as he will not be a part of the we. Coming very soon. Um, It's obvious. It's written right there in front of you. Uh, Man, I I don't know what it's going to take. I I don't even know where to begin, like, like we talked about, and like you just mentioned. I've completely given up on the Saints this year. I hope for a fresh start and a fresh set of faces going into next season. But, you know, who who knows how long that's going to take, you know, with salary cap and draft picks and everything else. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's not quite paper bag years because at least the Saints game is still a fun social event to go to. And every once in a while they do something spectacular. And, you know, at least their defense is really good. But, man, it's really starting to remind me of those late 90s teams that, you know, every fourth or fifth sunday you know the saints would squeak out a lucky one they'd beat the panthers 10 to 7 because they got the number 1 defense in the in the league but they got the number 31 offense in the league and you know it's it's a field goal game it's just i don't know man i i don't know where to go with that one i i, I hope i hope we don't go back to those years but it's really not looking good
1: the next WWE pay-per-view is the Royal Rumble. It's a rare lull in the calendar where there's a two months between pay-per-views, which leads me to believe they're going to really pump this thing up pretty heavy. You've, of course, got the men and women's match. There's already rumors and whispers. You know, Charlotte's going to win the women's match. She's going to return, or maybe even Sasha or whatever it may be. On the men's side, you see rumors of uh, The Rock is going to enter. Cody Rhodes is going to come back, whatever it may be. Uh we've got a long way to go to the Royal Rumble's not even until late January so we've still got a month and a half to chirp about this thing but bro uh, this is going to be a pay-per-view that wrestling nerds like myself and you are going to be looking forward to for a long time they better hit a home run because it feels like there are a lot of um there's a lot in the works here that could make this really good or really bad this is a big one for WWE Yep
13: yep you're right man so many so many big money-making opportunities, big possibilities to really just shake the world and, and you know, make everybody real happy and real excited um, between Cody Rhodes's return. You know, he's been gone for a while, and man, when he came back last year at WrestleMania, I mean, the, it just it felt like the world shook for a second, and then you got all these every rumor in the world about The Rock coming back. I mean, it looks like the table's set for him. This is it. You hear a You know, the more articles you read, the more things you come across, you know, with Triple H running the company, making all the right big money decisions, the right crowd-pleasing decisions, it's – I don't think they could miss here. Like, I don't think there's any way to – I mean, of course there's ways to screw it up, but I I don't think they're that dumb. They've been going in the right direction, in the right money direction, in the right, you know, fan excitement direction these last few months so strongly – they 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 can't screw it up they got way too much going for them and if they start bringing these big names back to you know roll into WrestleMania season man it's uh it's starting to feel like the old times again man it's really fun to tune in and really fun to you know revolve your Saturday afternoon around let's cook what are we doing who's all coming over for the royal rumble tonight
1: i got to tell you if on January 28th and be it number i don't think they would do it number 30 i think that's too predictable but be it Number 24, or whatever it may be, if I hear, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, and he comes out wherever I am, the drink's going up in the air, you know, like, I'm, I'm losing. I'm going to be a 12-year-old kid again. That's the intrigue and the excitement is that, like, that unpredictability of the rumble is awesome, and we are all going to have opportunities to perhaps live out that childhood in us again. Dude, I'm fired up, and no matter where I am, if I hear that music playing, like, it's on.
13: Oh yeah, jumping up on my feet. I I hope <laughs> I hope my baby is not in my arms. At the time <laughs> cause he's gonna go flying too. <laughs> it's uh the excitement, the build up. Yeah, you're right. It's um for, for those who don't understand, man. It's uh it's hard to explain, but for those who know what we're talking about, who grew up on the same stuff as, as us, it's uh yeah, it's. It's an amazing feeling that you can't describe, you know, watching something that you know is predetermined and you know the guys really don't hate each other. They're really not trying to hurt each other. But, my God, when that music hits and that guy comes out, all is right in the world. And, like you said, 12 years old again. Franks uh, will be flying. Somebody might go through a table that night. I mean, it's, it's uh, the cookie sheets will be bashed on each other's heads. It's it's going to be a
1: funnel. You know what's crazy, and, and no, not to – Talk too much about the business of this stuff because neither you nor I are experts on that. But the AW ranking or ratings rather are not good right now. They they are really, really dropping like a fly. And a lot of fans, you know, they just they came out and you know they had a bunch of debuts and a bunch of surprises, but the booking hadn't been great. And it's almost like if every week you're telling the fans, you know, hey, this is going to be the greatest thing ever, like you could only pull that trick off so many times. And it feels like now. WWE's in a spot where they could pretty much just go and get whoever they want on the other side. Like, I think MJF, when he's a free agent in about a year, I think he'll go on over. I think, I mean, we saw it already. William Regal is going to be going back to WWE soon and helping out backstage. Like, I know AEW wanted to compete, and they're still young. Maybe they could turn things around. But they're starting to, I think, to very quickly slip into that, hey, we're a TNA developmental, we're going to develop a star and then lose them to WWE type of company. And I don't know if that's good or bad for the industry, but that just seems like the way it's trending right now.
13: Yes, it is certainly... It it, it seems their business model seems to be going in the wrong direction. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, who knows? We don't know what we're talking about. We're not uh, multimillionaires running companies right now. But uh, it's... uh, I guess the only thing, if you're on their side, the only positive thing you have to look forward to is, you know, if we keep losing all our best talent to WWE, there's only so much time. There's only so many time slots. There's only so many programs. You know, they can't take everybody. Surely they can't take everybody. And if they take too many, then somebody's going to come back. Somebody's going to be unhappy. But, uh, you know, I think it. I think it speaks volumes you know, in a positive way about how much things have changed since Vince McMahon left, left WWE. There's so many people that went the other direction because they're just, they were so fed up with Vince and his ways and I'll never work for him again. I'll never work for them again as long as he's around. And now that he's not around anymore, you got Triple H, you know, I'm assuming calling the right guys and like, hey, look, things are different now. Come let, Let's sit down and talk. It's it's got to be going in that direction here, and uh, you know I don't know if there's a hostile takeover in the next couple of years. I don't know if there's a buyout. I don't know, if, but are they they talk about you know what, what is it opening the forbidden door? Maybe some some inter promotional things where they start mixing it up on some premium live events. I mean, so, something
1: huge
13: I could see being on the horizon in the next two to three years between those two promotions.
1: You know what's crazy is I was listening to a wrestling podcast, and I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Arn Anderson. Maybe it was Tony Schiavone. I'm one of the ones. Who knows? I listened to so many. Who knows? But um, they were saying, and they were, the topic came up, uh, and I thought it was fascinating, is that AEW's had a huge rash of injuries in the last year or so. And you would think that with their business model, which is pretty much don't have any house shows and just do TV once a week, you would think... That they would be free of that type of thing. But I believe it was Arne Anderson who said, We don't work enough. Like he thinks that to avoid getting hurt, you got to do this every day, which doesn't make any sense on the surface, right? Which is, you know, hey, the the more you put yourself in the ring in theory, the more you would be at risk to get hurt. But no, he says your body has to be conditioned for this. And once you do it enough, you're gonna just harden and you're not gonna get hurt anymore. It's interesting to me. Like we hear all this talk of you know concussions, and you got to work less, and you know keep strain off the body. But the old wrestlers are now saying that hey, the injuries are actually up because we're not working enough.
13: You know what? He's 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 got a point there. Um, at first glance, I probably wouldn't wouldn't agree with it, but yeah, the more you think about it, once and one of the original four horsemen who still looks extremely healthy and still looks like a million bucks for his age. For him to come out and say you gotta do more to be conditioned, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, just think about just being a regular high school athlete. Imagine if all you did was play games once or twice a week and you never practiced all week. Yeah, bad stuff is gonna happen. Uh, I gotta agree with Arn Anderson here. These uh, these guys aren't doing enough, and that's probably causing some injuries.
1: Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? <laughs> Oof.
13: Man, that is so tough. I know you're not going to let me pick two, three, or four of them. Uh, Got to go with Stone Cold.
1: Okay, Stone Cold. Now, now, who is who is the best wrestler of all time? For me, it's Ric Flair. I could understand any answer, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, The Rock. Who do, See, my favorite is probably like Randy Savage or somebody, or Sting. But I think the best is Ric Flair. Who do you think is the best of all time?
13: Oh, man, we're talking strictly in the ring. you talking total package. You know, there's so many different ways to go. Uh, I got to go with Shawn Michaels, though. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I could live with that. Heck, it's hard for me to deny that when the guy who I picked is Ric Flair, and Ric Flair says it's Shawn Michaels. So it's hard for me to to go against that, I guess, right?
13: Yep, yep.
1: Now, next question, last question. I'm going to put you on the spot one more time, then we'll let you go. What's the best wrestling entrance song of all time?
13: Oh, there's nothing like that glass breaking, man.
1: I Yeah, I, that's a good one. That one kind of gets you rolling. For me, the one that anytime I hear it, I start singing it is Real American. I, heck, I got it as a bumper song here. When I hear that song, no matter where I am, I'm singing every word.
13: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, that is a solid song. I, I can't disagree with you. It's... It could go so well in the background of so many situations. <laughs> you know, Fourth of July, you play Real American. You think about Hulk Hogan. You think about hot dogs. You think about red, white, and blue and everything. Real American's awesome, man. But, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm just talking like sheer, just pop, and get you going and get you on your feet. And the adrenaline rush as if you'd be out there. Man, Stone Cold Steam music, when that glass hits the world stops
1: yeah no doubt brother
13: that's what it does for me
1: thanks so much for the time man we'll see you tonight bro
13: yes indeed and as always go tarps and god bless america yes sir that is taylor
1: griffin doing an excellent job as always let's catch a break when we get back we got our mailbag on our betting picks it's play-by-play on kaylee the show is flying by today we'll be right back after this
5: the french connection the all-new raging cajun 102.7 fm
9: do you want a free easy-go golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle to get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers. Arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads.
4: If you've never been to a Rouse's market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here
3: at Rouse's.
2: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three-and-two-stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas.
1: going to mix things up I'm going to give you the betting picks first and then we'll get to the mailbag I like Boston minus one and a half over the Suns tonight I like the Bucks minus six and a half over the Kings tonight and let me give you a couple of college basketball games that I like I like Michigan State plus four and a half over Penn State I like Georgetown minus five and a half over Siena and one more that I like here on the list is I like uh let's see where it is oh here it is. Purdue. I like Purdue and Hofstra over 144 and a half. So those are our betting picks. Now let's dive into the mailbag here as usually I get too deep into the mailbag and and I forget to give the betting picks or I have to rush through it. So now let's get into the mailbag. Casey, what position will LSU target in the transfer portal? Um, I go back to what Mike Scarborough said yesterday here on the show, um, LSU last year in the portal targeted for depth, right? They were trying to just get any and everything that they could to kind of just fill out the roster. Remember, 39 scholarship players, all that good stuff. They didn't have a whole lot of depth. They were willing to be open for business just about anywhere. This year, I think they're going to look for more high-end starters, guys who could come in and start, guys who could come in and maybe even be an all-conference player. I think they'll look at running back. I don't think they were satisfied with Nolan Kane. I don't think they were satisfied with John Emery. Josh Williams is a little limited physically, could only do so much. I think they'll look at running back. I think they'll look to build depth on the offensive line. And I think the secondary. The secondary will be big because you got a lot of seniors there. Because remember, a lot of the guys that you brought into the portal last year were transfer senior players who only had one year of eligibility left. And then, of course, we just got breaking news from Baton Rouge a second ago that Jay Ward is declaring for the NFL draft. So you've got to go get, you know, safeties and cornerbacks and different things like that to try to piece that back together. So those are the areas that I think LSU would target. I don't think it's going to be as extensive as last year where they got, you know, 11, 12 transfer players, you know, maybe even more. I think maybe even 14 or 15 transfer players. I don't think it'll be that extensive. Uh, but I do think that they'll plug in some holes here and there and get some impact quality players. Casey, who should the Saints target if they fire Dennis Allen? The first call that I would make would be to Dan Campbell, and I know that you guys are going to call me a hypocrite and say, oh, well, you, you make fun of Dennis Allen for having a bad record, and but you want to go and hire Dan Campbell who has an equally bad record in Detroit. The reason why I would call Dan Campbell, who is eight and twenty as a head coach, is because you could actively see that the lines are getting better. That's the thing with the Dennis Allen teams. in In Oakland, they just never got better. Over time, they never got better. In New Orleans, Sean Pay- uh, Sean Payton went nine and eight with this team last year. Not going nine and eight this year. So, like, you're seeing the regression right before your eyes. Dan Campbell was 3 and 13 last year in Detroit. They're 5 and 7 right now. They're a couple of bounces of the ball away from being 7 and 5 right now. Like you could see that they're actively getting better. He has experience in the Saints organization as a coach. He has Saints uh experience in the organization as a player. I think he would be a good fit. <sighs> Eric Bieniemy is the guy that everybody throws out. He's got New Orleans ties, Chiefs offensive coordinator. I don't want to speculate, but the fact that he's interviewed for a million jobs and hasn't gotten one tells me that maybe there's something there, maybe isn't as bright as some would indicate, but it's like he's interviewed for every single job and hasn't gotten one. Um, I think that, and oh boy, Saints fans won't like this, but um, the Cowboys have a couple of good coordinators. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, I know he's the old Falcons guy. He's doing an excellent job. He wouldn't necessarily be too bad. I think they'll have some options. Heck, there's only 32 NFL jobs. There's always going to be guys willing to you know slide into one of those positions. Casey, who do you think will win the college football playoff? A listener wants to know. To me, that's an easy one. I think Georgia is the overwhelming favorite. I think they're going to get by Ohio State. I just don't see anybody being able to handle them at the line of scrimmage. I think they'll be able to move the line forward on offense. I think they'll be able to throw the line back on defense, and football's a very basic game. If you could do those things, you're going to have an advantage. I think that skill-wise, they'll be able to throw short passes, quick passes um, with their Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback, Stetson Bennett. What a joke that is, by the way. Stetson Bennett, who's like 40, um, had like 20 touchdowns and six interceptions this year. And as a Heisman finalist, he was not even named to the all-SEC teams, but as a Heisman finalist over Hinden Hooker, who was far better in every way this season. Bennett had 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Hooker had 27 touchdowns and 2 interceptions and missed some time with the injury. It is embarrassing that Stetson Bennett made it to New York City over Hendon Hooker. It's an embarrassment to an award that loses its credibility year after year after year by doing stupid things like this. Um, Stetson Bennett has no business being a Heisman Trophy finalist. Give me a break. Um, but anyway, with that having been said, I think he's going to win another national championship. Casey, what areas should the Saints look to improve on their roster? This is a slippery slope because you got to understand when answering this question that they're going to have to lose guys off of their roster just to make ends meet. I think, and we've chronicled this, I think you're looking at a situation where Cam Jordan may be released in the offseason. I think you're looking at a situation where you may look to trade Alvin Kamara knowing that he's getting older, knowing that he's likely to miss half of the season next year with suspension. Um, I think you got to get a quarterback first. Let's start there. How do you get one? I don't know. I don't think any of the avenues off the top of my head are any good. <laughs> Trading for Derek Carr. Um he's okay. He's better than what you have, but he's also expensive, which means that you'd have to further gut your roster from within. Drafting a guy in the middle rounds isn't ideal. That's a that's a, a throw of a dart at a dart board that's a mile away. You're likely not going to hit a bullseye there. And this regime has drafted the likes of Garrett Grayson and Ian Book, so I don't know that they know what the hell that they're doing anyway. Um, I think that you may see another year of just kind of a stopgap, and then hopefully, you know, with the first round pick next year, you may run it back there. Um, I think you got to get younger on the defensive line. I think you got to get better at the safety position. Tyron Matthews washed; he's not any good anymore, and you may even look to try to upgrade at punter. But how many times this season has has your punter shanked one? at an inappropriate time. So those are just a few of the areas that I think New Orleans could look to improve their team. Casey, do you think we'll ever see an MLB team in Louisiana? <sighs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's easy for me to just outright say no because the Zephyrs or the Baby Cakes or whatever you want to call them didn't really work out. But I think Louisiana fans are just picky, and I think that they knew that that was minor league substandard baseball. I think if ever we had an MLB team It would maybe do a little bit better, but boy, you would have to have the right stadium set up, right? You'd probably have to have a a smaller, more tight-knit, more intimate stadium, almost like the Braves have, right? Truist Park in Atlanta is not a huge park. It's more that college town vibe. Hell, in the outfield, there are bar rooms and restaurants and more intimate setting. Either that or you'd have to have almost like more of a stadium type with the open-closed roof which would maybe make it enticing because it wouldn't be so damn hot in July and August, whatever it may be. So I'm not going to say that it would be like impossible, but the circumstances would have to be right because ain't nobody in Louisiana going to watch an MLB team that's not good play outside in July in the humidity. And now that you think about it, it really probably would have to be a retractable roof stadium as if not every afternoon you'd be in a rain delay. And so, yeah, maybe not ideal, but I don't think it's impossible. Casey, what are you hearing about the Thibodeau High School football coaching vacancy? Not hearing a whole lot, um, but I don't even know if the job's been open. And if, if it is open, it, it would open like on Monday. So there's still plenty of time. They're doing a lot of their legwork, but don't hear a whole lot of names. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not a whole lot of interest. I think that that of the three Lafouche Parish public high school jobs is probably the best. It's the job that's closest to like the New Orleans area. So, if you wanted to, in theory, live in Kenner or whatever and commute, um, I think that that's something that could be done. Um, So, I don't know. Yeah, I think that that the Thibodeau job is is open and certainly something that people would be interested in. Um, But, you know, I, I haven't heard anything about it. Last question comes from a listener who wants to know can Tulane beat USC? Sure, they can. I wouldn't favor them, too. I see that they're favored in Vegas. I think that's crazy. Um, USC's got better athletes. Uh, If Caleb Williams plays, I don't know that Tulane's going to stop USC. So, yeah, they can. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in either direction, but I think that I would favor USC to win by a touchdown or so just strictly because they've got better athletes and guys who will be able to run. And Tulane can run it right at them. Uh, Tulane can run the football well. USC's not a great rush defense, but Tulane also hasn't had to block a line the size of USC's defensive line often throughout the year. Thanks to everybody for listening to the show. It's been a good one. Thanks to Turtle. Thanks to Brody. And thanks to you all for listening. We're at Girls Basketball tonight at 630. Can't wait to bring it to you. You've been listening to Play by Play. Tomorrow, we'll be talking some basketball. And we'll also talk about the state championship games in the Dome. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day, guys. God bless.
5: You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.